Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the newest episode of Semi-Pro. I am one of your hosts, Dalton Barrett, and in the studio with me, I have got my great friend... Hi, I, I'm Josh Clements. <laughs> well, hey, Josh. <laughs> How are you doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I'm a little bit tired, because uh, we always have to record at, like, 1 a.m. my time. <laughs> that is true. We do we uh, record yeah. very late your time. I am. I'm good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm hanging in there like a hair in a biscuit. Um, <laughs> I'm so excited for this week's episode of the podcast, because we actually, for the first time in it feels like years, watched something <laughs> really enjoyable. Like, it feels like it's been legitimate years since we I, watched I, something I liked. I forgot what happiness was. Uh in terms of watching movies that bring me joy. And um, this movie's not even not, not even good. great. <laughs> like, it's fine. Uh, but it was comparatively the greatest movie ever made. So oh, this I'm really could have been... Uh, this should have taken all of the Oscars. I mean, if the Oscars were between Mortal Kombat 1995, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, and Mortal Kombat 2021, it would have taken home every single Oscar. I mean, honestly, yeah. I, I, Mortal Kombat is the most fun movie I've seen since we started this podcast. <laughs> All right, let's let's hold off and let's get started. Thank you, everybody, for joining this episode of Semi Pro. All right, Josh, we're rolling. We're kicking it off. It's time to talk about Mortal Kombat 2021. Isn't isn't it so exciting? It, it blows that this movie has the same name. It's 1995 one, so you can't ever say, oh, Mortal Kombat versus Mortal Kombat. You have to be Mortal Kombat 2021 versus Mortal Kombat 1995. I guess while we're naming, we could just call it Combat 21. MK. Combat 21 is close enough. Yeah. You're not going to get Spider-Man 02 rolling down. Don't uh, even try. Spider-Man 02 is what we are officially calling Spider-Man, the first Spider-Man from 2002. It's called Spider-Man 02. That's official. That's that's coming directly from Sam Raimi. He's it's the one who told me to push it, that. Yes. He, he, Sam Raimi told me to push it. that. <laughs> no one else is. But uh, no, let's talk about Combat 2021. <laughs> um, no, no, no. This, just this Combat movie, 21. This, this movie was... Not great, but it was no. so fun that I, I couldn't care. I have a lot of issues, probably more than you do, because we did talk about this a little bit um, while we weren't recording, which was a mistake because we've wasted most of our conversation. But we can just, you know, re-say what we said. Um, oh, I have a lot of stuff that I did not talk to you about. I made sure about that. Oh, I didn't. I told you all of my issues up front. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so this movie is, uh, you know, it, it's based off of a, a video game franchise with a long history of not knowing what it's doing, um, and a long film franchise that also didn't know what it was doing. Um, and so it had a really big task to overcome. And in some ways, I think it did a really, really good job of overcoming that. And in other ways, I think it really kind of uh, missed the mark. But all in all, if you're a fan of Mortal Kombat, well, I, I can't even say that. I was going to say if you're a fan of Mortal Kombat, you'll like this movie. But I don't know that. Um, 
because I've talked to some people who are fans of Mortal Kombat who didn't like this movie. Uh, (laughs) The biggest thing that we're going to have to talk about is the fact that unlike the original two movies, the, 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 one of the main characters who is training for Mortal Kombat is an original character. Whereas in the other two, it was all game characters. They didn't introduce anyone new um, on the protagonist side. Uh, but this movie does that, I think, uh, in a really, really smart move that could have been handled better, but a smart move nonetheless. Uh, but I'm curious to hear what you think. Well, so this is this is not the first video game adaptation that's come out. Uh, it's not even the first video game adaptation that's come out recently. Um, and I was, I was saying to someone, a big issue that a lot of these video game adaptations have is that you've got you've got this original product, you've got the game, which is meant to be played over hours and hours of time, or has multiple games worth of lore. So you've got hours and hours and hours of world building and character building and all that stuff. And you have to try and translate that into an hour and a half, two hour movie. It's not really possible. So I heard some, I've heard a couple of people, because I'm, I'm a pretty big Mortal Kombat fan. I've heard other big Mortal Kombat fans say that the Cole Young character was unnecessary, uh, uh, particularly that you don't need like a, an audience stand in. But for a game like Mortal Kombat, you kind of do, because this is... Otherwise, you get Mortal Kombat 95. Well, it just I was going to say... You into it, and my- it's just confusion and and superpowers and boredom my my knowledge of mortal kombat comes from 95 and annihilation this movie does a better job than either of those do at kind of easing you in and introducing you to this world and this universe um because both of those movies do a horrible job at that so this one does a slightly better job through the introduction of a character like cole um but still not great. Like, it still doesn't do a great job at that. It does still kind of just throw you in because it, it it's very referential to the old games, which I like, like, little references, but when it's, like, plot points and stuff, that's when things get a little confusing. Um, nothing seemed to have any sort of rules. Uh, everything was kind of all over the place, and it really, it really took me out of it. I, I think I would have enjoyed it a whole lot more uh, had I had a knowledge of what was going, like, could, had I understood the movie, I probably would have loved it. Um, but it was just a lot up front, uh, a lot of exposition, and then um, I never really, well, not even exposition. It was more just like talking about, well, talking about what's happening would be exposition. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. it this movie it was, was a lot of. It was a lot of. It, it's kind of the same vibe as 95 where it's scene after scene of stuff happening but this one at least has something that ties scenes together yes so it's not just scene after scene old person's fighting old person's fighting why mortal combat right a uh, huge 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 advantage that this movie has over 95 is this movie has really really good combat um, which, as you said in the 1995 discussion, it's literally in the name of the movie. Like, you have to nail the fight sequences in your Mortal Kombat movie, and 95 doesn't. This one does. There was no fight in this movie where I thought, like, that's poorly choreographed, like that, you know, whatever. Every fight in this movie I was on board for and I was super engaged for. It's the other stuff that I was like, eh. 
um, like the mystical stuff and all of that. Not because I don't like that kind of stuff, but because I didn't understand it because uh, they really didn't explain much of that. Well, okay, yeah, that I I can I can understand that, but at the same time, I kind of just took it at face value, like it, like you don't expect them to explain stuff in Lord of the Rings. You don't expect them to explain why orcs are a thing. Uh, yeah, but I feel like, Lord like if of you're going into a can... fantasy movie, you kind of accept that there's going to be fantasy elements. Lord of the Rings also doesn't paint itself in the real world either. Like this movie does, um, like, you know, does that make a little more sense? Like, I, I, no, I can see, I can see what you mean. Where like it, the the first thirty minutes or so were quite set in reality. Well, this uh, seems like the kind of thing where it's like, all of this <clears throat> stuff is happening in the real world. It's just behind the scenes, and you don't know about it. Whereas Lord of the Rings, it's like, yeah, this is just a weird, weird place to live. Um, I guess, but even then, I'm more okay with that. Like, uh, uh, this is this is a personal thing. Have you ever seen the movie Stardust? Uh, I don't think so. I, I feel like a lot of people, not a lot of people have, and it annoys me because Stardust is a fantastic movie that everyone should watch. And I just wanted to use this to shut that out. But that's a very similar situation where it's very set in a real world. I can't remember the time period. I want to say this was like 1500s. That kind of uh, period it's got Charlie Cox and Henry Cavill in it it's fantastic oh, wow. um, <clears throat> but there's there's a very clear wall and beyond this wall is all of this fantastical magical stuff uh, Robert De Niro is a cross-dressing pirate named Shakespeare there's uh, witches and brothers who haunt each other it's fantastic I love the movie go watch it but that had a very similar vibe to this so maybe it's just because I like that vibe that I'm more willing to accept that maybe I, but, I don't know I I think you having a prior knowledge of the game also helps. Um, yes, yes. Like I said, hey, well, my... the games also don't really build up to it that much. They just kind of go, yeah, it's all a thing to accept it. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't know. Let's let's go into the plot. Let's break down the plot. So we open um, with a a great great sequence um, between um, who will become Scorpion and who will become Sub Zero. Right, by uh, Han and Bihan, sorry. And uh, Hanzo Hasashi, who and, are both played by Joe Talsim and Hiroyuki Sonata, and it's beautiful and fantastic. <laughs> it is It is genuinely a great sequence, uh, and probably my favorite chunk yeah. of the movie, and it's about 15 minutes or so. Um, uh, the, first, the first, like, 10 minutes is sort of, after that point, spoilers, I guess, uh, <laughs> uh, Scorpion gets killed by Sub-Zero. Oh yeah, this is like the first recent movie we've talked about since since um, yeah, Christmas. I mean, I <laughs> we should probably talk about yeah. Spoiler spoiler warning: if you haven't seen Mortal Kombat twenty twenty one and you care, um, don't listen any further. Just come back later. But yeah, so so Scorpion dies. Um, he's he's murdered by Sub Zero. So is his entire family. Right, um, which is um, there's also a nice little reference there to uh, again. This is this is the kind of stuff that I think that you'd like in terms of referencing because. Uh, uh, Scorpion throws his uh, uh, I, I can't Shirai or something uh, I can't remember the name and I've just offended all of China and Japan. It's a gardening but, uh, tool in this movie. But no, that, that was actually a thing in real life too. Uh, oh, neat. I learned. Well, uh, I know a in, lot of Japanese like weaponry started as as gardening tools. Well, we, <laughs> yeah, do you know why? Because they were all gardeners. 
Well, yeah, they all gardeners, and then the Japanese government imposed a tax on uh, like laws against owning, you know, blades and stuff. So they just repurposed their gardening tools into deadly weapons. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is great. Uh, yeah, so that's a nice little tie into genuine history as well, because this takes place in the 1600s, I think. Something like um, that. Yeah, it, I don't. It doesn't yeah. give a year. Um, it, it, no, it does. It's it's like 1607 or something. What an oddly uh, but, specific year, but yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it, it that this all happens, uh, and he he throws it, it digs into a tree, and he pulls it back, and it gives Bihan a nice scar under his eye, which is something that is usually found on his brother. Which yeah, I, I remember that from Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Um, yeah, where his brother appears <laughs> from one scene and then disappears. <laughs> um, I did really like. Uh, that fight scene specifically because it was beautiful and it kind of sets sets pace for the rest of the movie. Um, it does bring up a big issue for me um, in that Scorpion was on every poster for this movie. He was in every trailer, every little bit of advertising. He was advertised as the main character of this movie. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I'd agree with that. Okay. This, this is a, okay. This is a confession that we had before. But yes. I, the opening I, I scene of this movie this. sets him up as the main character of this movie, and then they kill him mm-hmm. off in the first fifteen minutes. Um, I mean, I, I'd, I'd say it's an ensemble cast similar to the games. This well, well, we'll we'll talk about that in a second because we flash forward um, to modern day, where we see who is the main character of this movie, at least who is presented as the main character of this movie in literally every way. Um, Scorpion's great, 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 great grandson, um, Gordon Cole. <laughs> and, uh, he, he, he's in Twin Peaks and he's trying to help his buddy, uh, he's trying to help his buddy Dale Cooper solve a murder. Right, exactly. Um, and he's, he's boxing in the ring and he's saying, Gordon Cole! And he's boxing and he's having a great time and he's getting beat up all the time, constantly, because he's a bad fighter, apparently. Um... And then Jax shows up, just kind of out of the blue. Uh, it's really hard to talk about this movie linear, <laughs> linearly. Um, uh, a character named Jax shows up and 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 introduces himself and says, "Hey, homie, we got to, uh, we've got to, we got to s- s- get you out of here because you and your family are in danger because of the birthmark that you have. Um, that doesn't look like a birthmark. It looks like a scar, and." <laughs> Uh, it is in the sh- literal shape of a dragon. Also, um, he, they say it's a birthmark, and he goes, what do you mean? He goes, he was born with it. That's the meaning <laughs> of a birthmark. Yes. Uh, except for no one would ever assume that that's a birthmark, especially an orphan, because um, nobody told him. His parents didn't tell him it was a birthmark. Um, I, guess, I guess the orphanage just assumed it was, and they didn't go, huh, it's in the perfect shape of a dragon in a circle. They didn't assume, this looks like a burn scar, and it's in the perfect the, shape of a dragon. Somebody branded child, this baby. Yeah, so this child was probably abused. <laughs> he was literally branded. Um, yeah, so Jax also has one, um, and that kind of sets up this this tattoo, not tattoo, this birthmark uh, what what do they call it in the movie? Uh, your Akana? Uh, no, no, that's just the mark. The Akana is the thing that you get once you have the mark. Okay, whatever. Uh, they're all the same thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just Akana light. Um, so they they set that up uh, really early on, which is something that uh, we'll have to also come back to later. Um, Jacks or, or while um, 
Cole and his family are out eating ice cream after his big fight that he loses. Um, Jack shows up again with a van because Sub-Zero starts attacking the family and they hop in the van and they drive away. Jack stays behind to fight Sub-Zero and uh, our main character, Cole, leaves to go find Sonya Blade. So one of the things I already like is sort of the the way that they're bringing in the the classic characters into this um, all around the the original character who is Cole. He's he's the he's the one that was created for the movie and they're sort of like slowly working their lives together, which I think is a really interesting way to do it. Like he's he's introduced to Jax first and then he's introduced to Sonya Blade and Kano and so on all the way down the list. Um, which is a really clever way to do that. Um, unlike just sticking them all on a boat because they have to fight in mortal combat, um, which is what 95 did. That's a really great idea. I heard people defend 95 a lot more in comparison to this, and I just wanted to say it's okay to get help. Yeah, uh, you're wrong, buddy. Like, I, I hate to be the one to break that to you. I don't like being the one who says that, but you're wrong. You, you need to... You need to get in, in touch with reality. You need to secure a mental stable mind. I understand that movies are opinion based. Like, oh, if you like this thing, you'll like this movie. 95 is just like a such a bad movie that it kind of ascends like the whole like opinion thing. Um, you know, everybody says like opinions can't be wrong, but Mortal Kombat 95 is so bad that it will make me say that your opinion can be wrong. <laughs> like... <laughs> It's just it's rough. Um, yeah, yeah. So that they they bring in uh, Jax, then fights Sub Zero to give uh, Cole Cole Gordon Cole enough time to get away <laughs> with his family. Uh, and Sub Zero takes both of his arms and then leaves him for dead. Right. Uh, which is uh, this is again something kind of neat to the games. Which is uh, in in the games. Uh, Noob Cybot was the one who took Jax's arms originally, and this version of, of Sub Zero is the version that goes on to be Noob Cybot. So it's kind of like, like it, it keeps in touch with what it's adapting while also doing something new, which is I think the best thing you can do. While yeah, who cares? You're a nerd. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it is neat. Um, I like that sequence. Once again, it's a great fight, um, and Jax trying to protect. Cole so that he can go to meet Sonya Blade because Jackson and Sonya Blade know that something is afoot um, and they're trying to protect all the fighters they can because they know that something's about to go down. They don't know exactly what it is, but they know about Mortal Kombat in some sort of fashion. Um, although it's really never clear just how much they know because sometimes they know a whole lot less and sometimes they know a whole lot more. Um... That is a neat aspect. It doesn't make sense to send Jax because he's the one with the mark when Sonya Blade doesn't have a mark, but that's a whole other discussion. Um, Jax needed his arms frozen off so that he could uh, get cool robot arms um, yeah. that weren't just sleeves <laughs> over over his regular arms. <laughs> and he didn't just wake up in a lavatory one day and whip them. Yeah, he didn't just say, I was trying to upgrade my arms, and then and, that's and it. And he didn't realize that the real arms were the arms he had all along. <laughs> So yeah, but um, but yeah. So so he goes to meet Sonya. Sonya's got Kano in chains. Kano who steals every scene in this movie. He's um, the only thing that could have made Kano better in this movie is if he was played by Jai Courtney. Eh? Jai Courtney in this role would have been I, so funny. Okay. okay, I love I love Jai Courtney. I'm I'm a big I'm a big Jai Courtney stan. 
and I love Josh Lawson as Kano. I think he was just like everything he said wasn't too over the top. It was the perfect. See, that's that's what I Kano. that's what I felt like he was missing. He was his dialogue was was beautiful. Everything he said made me laugh. I think had he just been a little over, little more over the top, which Jai Courtney would have brought, it would have, it would have killed I, it. I love that bit where they, you know, they, they go to meet uh, Liu Kang, and Liu Kang fireballs him, puts his arm on his shoulder. He just looks so confused. Yeah, he's he just no lost. Idea what's happening. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's really good. So. So we're still trying to figure out like who this Cole guy is exactly. We know a few things about him. We know he's a family man. Uh, he loves his wife and his daughter. Um, and we know that he has a dragon tattoo and can f- lose in MMA fights. That's basically all we know. Um, yeah. and, and, and So Shang Tsung sends Reptile to kill him because obviously he's a clear threat. Right. Sh- Shang Tsung uh, being the, the, the actual main villain of this movie, even though he's not presented as the main villain of this movie, he's sort of presented in like the Thanos role in the Guardians movies where he's sort of like he's in charge, but he he's not the one getting dirty until he is the one getting dirty. Um, and so he, he kind of takes a backseat. Yeah, he's, he's sending other people to do his bidding. Right, exactly. Uh, and so he sends the, a lizard. A lot. <laughs> yeah, well, he sends Sub-Zero to do, like, everything. Uh, but in this situation, he doesn't send Sub-Zero, even though Sub-Zero is available now. Um, I hope Sub-Zero paid well for all of this. Because he seems to be doing a lot more than, like, Cabal or Reptile or, or Reiko or... Uh, Goro. Uh, Goro, who just does nothing. Any of um, any of the characters who you would expect to be doing something, uh, yeah, he just no, sends Sub Zero. I can only imagine that Sub Zero has got like vice president of the company on his business card or something. I would assume so. It also doesn't make uh, sense that he didn't send Sub Zero to do this. Um, yeah, it seems like a perfect thing for Sub Zero to do. Well, and Sub Zero has been done. I mean, Sub Zero killed Jax. Like, it's probably been like two or three days since then. At this point, I mean, even then, he goes. Doesn't he? He like he drives his family to safety and then he goes straight there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He goes straight there, but that probably took it's a while. Like a day, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Like who knows how long it's been? Um, who knows where he took his family to? Uh, we don't know if it's their house or if it's someone else's house or it looks like a grandmother's house. Like who knows? Um, none of these things are explained. It's almost like <laughs> this. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so. I would- I should just say, I think we both like this movie. This movie, as much as we're making fun of it, this movie's it's still fine. Fun. You it's like fun. this movie a whole lot more than I do. This movie is fine. This movie, compared to the other two Mortal Kombat movies, is a masterpiece. But this movie, on its own, is fine. I mean, anything compared to the other two Mortal Kombat movies, is a masterpiece. Um, so, as this lizard is there fighting uh, an Australian junkie, uh, a washed-up MMA fighter, and an an ex-marine woman, was she a marine? Or was she in the Navy? Uh, she was in Special Forces. Okay. So so, so an ex-military woman uh, a, 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 and a washed-up MMA fighter and a, a drunk Australian. They defeat this lizard together um, using the power of friendship. And then uh, Kano agrees through some... <laughs> right, exactly. The, the real friends. Um, the real lizard was the friends we made along the way. And... Um, Kano, through some finagling and um, lying, agrees to take them to Raiden's temple because somehow he ran drugs through Raiden's temple. Well, I, I just took his yeah, yeah. Or it was weapons, not drugs. I'm sorry. He ran 
weapons through Raiden's temple? He he ran weapons that meant he had to run through Raiden's temple. Because he doesn't seem to know much about the actual temple. He just knows about the location. But Raiden's temple is hidden? Well, I, it, this is this is again something that's kind of from the game. Because he, he mentions that he runs for the Black Dragon Clan, who are their gang from the games, uh, who kind of dabble in this mystical stuff. Um, so it, it makes sense if you know. And if you don't know, I feel like that's one of those things where you can just... You, you, you can suspend disbelief just enough. Yeah. This movie relies on that a lot, though. Um, that, that That's one of those issues that goes into what I was talking about earlier, where it's like, yeah, it doesn't really make sense if, if you don't know. Um, and you can suspend your disbelief, but when you're doing that for the majority of the movie, that that's when it becomes a problem. Uh, but when they get to Raiden's Temple, they're met by Liu Kang and the other dude, whose name I can't remember because I haven't played the games, the, the hat dude, um, Bucky Barnes. Kung Lao. Kung Lao. Uh, so they're met by Liu Kang and Kung Lao, uh, where they're told, hey, you're here for Raiden's Temple. We need to train you for Mortal Kombat. Dee, 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 dee. And so they walk in and they meet Raiden, just like that. <laughs> uh, no, Raiden? like... Don't want to be there. No, he doesn't at all. No big reveal, nothing. Raiden's just like center frame, coupon shot. Like he's just ready to go. And uh, he hates everybody and everything. Um, Just kind of like because. Like <laughs> he just, he literally hates everyone in existence. Uh, and we're not given much reason why. Um, until the end when he doesn't hate people anymore. Which I guess is supposed to be his arc. <laughs> but well, it's he, his arc seems to be that he doesn't have faith in uh this round of warriors uh it, it seems like he's just kind of given up on it all because um the same with the first movie they've lost all nine mortal combats so they have to wait for the tenth one and over and the out outworlds can raid on uh earth realm uh and so that's why shang's in this movie's like yeah i'm just gonna kill them all before the tournament because then I can just win the tournament by default. I don't have to do anything. He's not worried <laughs> about I, rules. I do I do like oh, that they I'm, included the line about the Elder Gods. Like, they're too they, lazy they, to care. Like, I, I liked yeah. that. They were like, okay, this is why nobody is stopping them from cheating. Um, right, yeah, that makes sense. Because also, I, like, the Elder Gods wouldn't care about this stuff. A, a, a piece of water and a piece of fire don't really... They, they, they're not invested in these people's lives or anything. Well, we don't know who the Elder Gods are, so it does seem like something they should care about, but at least they mention that they don't care about it. In, in, uh, compared to Annihilation, where they're just a really poor CG special effect, um, I like to imagine that they're a bit more sort of big and huge and extravagant. You uh, would think. And I don't yeah. know, maybe this is just me. Um, maybe this is just me. You would think the Elder Gods would care about the rules of the contest they put into place to make sure that the thing that is going to happen doesn't happen. Um, right, yeah. <laughs> it's also, but, and, uh, I've, I also I'm find... Why he wouldn't like, wait for the tournament, because it seems like his people would beat them like pretty easily. These guys aren't great fighters or anything. It, well, so there there is the prophecy, which they ignore for most of the movie. Um, nobody seems to care about the prophecy except for when they do care about the prophecy. Um, 
And the prophecy is that Gordon Cole is going to be the savior that wins the, the Mortal Kombat and saves Earth. That's the prophecy. The lineage of Hanzo Hisashi will guarantee victory. That, right. That's the prophecy. Right. And, well, and I think it had like a certain number of generations after whatever. Uh, um, yeah, maybe. I, I think I, I may be misremembering that I, I could have just assumed that much. And so like they're, they're trying to kill off all of the fighters, specifically Cole, so that um, there's no chance of that prophecy coming true. So I understand that. I just feel like the Elder Gods probably would care, even though they mention that they don't. And I'm glad that they do mention that they don't. Um, so they're still trying and they show up at the temple after Raiden just like absolutely claps back at all of these fighters um, for not being trained yet, even though they're there to be trained. Um, he's just like he's such a jerk in this movie, and he's like, "Yeah, you're a woman. You're 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 a black man uh, with no arms. You're 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 Australian." You can't even beat up everybody. <laughs> right. Like, like you can't even fight in real life. Um, all of you guys are horrible. You shouldn't be allowed to fight in Mortal Kombat. And it's like, wow. Um, okay. Like, are, Thanks, isn't Raiden. it your job to train them to, to win? Don't you know about the prophecy? I mean, you've mentioned it. It's painted on the walls of your palace. Yeah, I, I, thought, I thought I read like a note. Like a sticky note that you left on top of the door that says "Find Prophecy." Right. I, I don't know what you're doing. And, and and so after that happens, after Raiden just rakes them through the coals for not being trained yet, even though it's his job to train them, um, uh, Sub Zero and the gang show up at Raiden's temple to, to try and defeat them. Um, and then Raiden makes a cool, cool wall, which it seems like one of those scenes that are put in there. So it's like. Yeah, people are gonna people are gonna question this. Like they're gonna question why they didn't just show up at the temple. So let's just give a reason for them to not be able to show up at the temple. Um, and then they're just kind of gone for about half the movie. Um, our villains but are just kind of like out of the scene. Raiden, Raiden puts up like a shield. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's a lightning a lightning shield that he puts up, which is cool. It's a neat effect. Um, and then, like I said, the villains are just kind of like they're out of the movie for a little bit while we train our main characters, which is neat. Um, yeah, there's, there's a kind of training montage with all of the, uh, the characters where they sort of, you find out a bit about their struggles. Like Jax can't do anything cause he has twigs instead of arms, <laughs> uh, which is so weird to me. But you think that these guys, like I, I get that they probably aren't the most technological resourceful people on earth, but they, they literally just gave him... They found a snowman out back and they just took the arms off that and stuck it into his stump. Well, but either way, I feel like... I mean, they look like Terminator arms. But they're also robot arms anyway, so why couldn't they just be... <laughs> strong? Well, couldn't they just be strong enough on their own? Like, I feel like bigger robot arms aren't going to make the robot arms stronger. They're, they're relying on, like, hydraulics and stuff. So why aren't they strong enough already? Um... <laughs> Which Kano, is... there's, there's a there is a nice bit where Kano uh, fights uh, Liu Kang. Who, holy crap, is this guy in shape? Like, mm. uh, uh, yes, Liu Kang. Liu Kang's doing a lot of like Bruce Lee stuff, where he's shifting his body about, and it's I. You could you could chip a, a, a bottle cap off of him. Yeah, like it is insane. Yeah, he's uh, he's uh, in great shape. I I will agree and, with you there. 
and he does like a he does a leg sweep on him and he just repeats that move over and over again which is a, a nice reference to the game again where uh, a leg sweep if you if you're really bad at the game like me and you also hate people like me you'll just spam that move over and over again because you can't really d- dodge against it so it's a guaranteed victory <laughs> yeah um, uh which was neat and and it- Kano's reaction to that was also great. Like he didn't know how to respond. He did it like was, the jump and he missed. <laughs> yeah, it, it was great. He well, he jumped and then the leg sweep went the other way and got him anyway. It was it was a beautiful scene. And this is when we're introduced to the idea of the Akana and trying to unlock your Akana so that you get cool superpowers. Um, right. Which is this, this is where I've seen Mortal Kombat purists take issue with the game. Well, uh, with the movie. as not a Mortal Kombat purist. I don't take issue with the idea of Anaconda. Um, I take issue with the fact that it doesn't make any sense in this movie. Like, it makes sense to have that, and that's a great way to explain this stuff. Um, right, well, but well, it's like, so it, undefined. Yeah, well, in like in the games, a lot of people have superpowers, like have technological advancements for no other reason than... And this is something that the original movie missed out on. You can't just have normal people fight against other people who have little superpowers and then be like oh they won easily but mortal kombat fighting scorpion is in reality a five second fight scorpion turns up he throws his blade at him and johnny cage is dead yeah exactly i I mean absolutely um and so i like that they 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 added that in and they did give the the normal human characters powers brilliant smart good to do that right Absolutely. Well, it, like uh, Johnny Cage. So again, I'm going to talk about Johnny Cage, even though he's in this movie. Um, in, in I think it's Mortal Kombat 9, they say that Johnny Cage is descended from a, a Mediterranean cult that harnessed the power of the gods to give him, give themselves like super speed or whatever. And that's how he has his powers. And it's like, I'd rather they just do this, where they just yeah. say, hey, you can unlock it by doing some soul searching. That, it, that also, makes it also makes Mortal Kombat fair like it, it yeah. like and all these like, <laughs> it, it puts yeah. everybody on an even playing field right like sub-zero unlocked his akana uh which at, at least that's the way it is presented in this movie um it, it's presented yeah. that all the realms have to unlock their akana like people aren't because that's the yeah, way it was presented at least in the other two movies is like the people from the other realms were born with cool powers you have to like you don't have any uh but in yeah, this you, you train. right yeah exactly um and so i like that um, that idea where it's like, yeah, you, you kind of, you unlock your powers and, and, and everybody gets a different one that, that plays in to something. Um, but it's never explained how it works. Like, like Kano gets the cool laser eye, right? And that's cool, but that's all he gets. Um, mm, and then, yeah. uh, Liu Kang can throw fireballs and, um, like it, it's never, it doesn't make any sense. Like I, as much as I hate this movie, um, the fan, the fan four stick thing where, um, it's based around like what, well, it's in, in, you haven't seen fan four stick, but like Ben Grimm was holding rocks when the blast hit and like, it all had to do with what they were doing at that moment. It, it sort of like merged the two with them. Um, and then, 
Or you could do it personality based, like, oh, well, you're par- you you have a fiery personality, so you throw fu-. like there are tons of different ways you you know you're cold and distant from your family, so you turn people into icicles. Like, you could have done it any way other than the way they did it, which was just like, oh yeah, you get a random one, it, it doesn't matter. Like, you may be able to shoot lasers out of your eyes, you may grow big metal arms, like. It doesn't make sense. The middle arm one really gets me more than any of them because it's like, how does it work with electronics? I don't, I don't understand. Um, it, it's just super undefined, and I feel like they could have done a much better job at making it make sense. Uh, but they don't. They just kind of like say, "Yeah, you get cool things." That that's so. That's something again. This is all new territory, but no, I agree. Where it's like. It, it, in some cases, it seems to make sense. So, uh, uh, like Scorpion and uh, sub, like Sub Zero, his his clan, uh, the the Linkway, they they basically revolve around ice and uh, ice powers or ice gods, rather. So it makes sense that his his Arcana would be linked to that sort of elemental status. Uh, but once cold, again, that's not explained in this movie. Oh, no, no, I'm saying this is what I agree. This is what it should have done. Right, right. Uh, uh, like they, they could have expanded that a bit. Or like Cole's kind of makes sense because he take he's a punching bag, so he gets plot armor to be punched with. Um, and then, but then, yeah, the stuff like Jack's he's also the only takes... one to seem to get clothes. Like the rest of them don't. <laughs> <laughs> Luke Kang yeah. doesn't even have a shirt to wear, and you know, like Jack is weird to me because he has the stick arms, and then his big arms build themselves like out of them but there's nothing inside the stick arms to build out of so yeah. it's very well it's they like, literally his akana literally created matter which i guess so did so did coles but it's like i don't know it's super undefined super weird coles came from his uh bracelet because his bracelet was like the family thing right but now it's metal it's a metal suit now it's a Black Panther suit. <laughs> right, it's it's a metal Black Panther suit made out of vibranium with sword arms. Like it. Eh. Yeah, no, the, the, the kind of stuff was undefined. Uh, as far as like a movie plot point goes, it's a it's a great idea. It's fantastic. Oh, it's brilliant. It's it's the perfect way to do this. I right. I that should be like uh, canon in every Mortal Kombat thing. Put it in every game. Like make that standard. That's a really good idea. But it has to be fleshed out way more than it was fleshed out in this movie. Right. Well, I, I, I think I've said this to you before. I think the two biggest issues of this movie are to do with, I can only imagine, studio interference. And that's the shortened runtime and the reshoots, which uh, the two biggest issues are the editing and the runtime. And the editing is something that you get used to after the first fight. It's a bit, yeah. like, probably, after, but you After that, that opening fight, I was kind of on board with it, and it didn't really, it was never no. like, this is too much. Yeah, it never took me out of it after that first fight. It was just kind of... It, I think I've gotten too used to the, the John Wick style where uh, it's long shots, there's no cutting, it's just ongoing constantly. Um, and it, it sort of felt like... It didn't really... Because f- with, with bad editing, it could just feel like bad editing or it could feel like a stylistic choice. This felt like a stylistic choice. Um, and yeah. so for that reason, I didn't really dislike it. I kind of liked the the fast paced style. It it made the action seem a little, um, you know, a little quicker and a little you know a little faster. And and so I I didn't mind that at all. I can understand why people wouldn't love it, uh, but yeah, it certainly but doesn't it, ruin it, anything in the movie. No, no, not at all. The the runtime it could have used a longer runtime. This is one of the movies where it should have been two hours, uh, like an hour and a half. It was 
good. And for all of these detriments, the movie's still a lot of fun to watch. Uh, well, it's 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 fun to watch for the combat alone, um, yeah, the, which is what you're. It's the reason you're going to this. You're not going to this movie to 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 check out the story. You're watching this movie to see. I've seen, I've seen people be like, "Oh, the the story of this doesn't hold up to the Mortal Kombat legacy." What legacy? The the stories in the games. If you're talking about those, a they're the games, and this is a movie that doesn't count. B the games don't have any story, and they reboot every other game. The last one ended with uh, the the universe itself being rebooted to the dawn of time. So I don't want to know what you're talking about. The movies don't have any story. There's no story in one or two. And people can try and tell me that there's a story in one, but there isn't. It's scene after scene of people fighting without any kind of link. At least this movie has a link. There's a story in two. It's just a laughably bad story. Um, is there a story in two? Because all I remember is they just wanted to fight people to stop the world. Well, no. Uh, what's his name? Bigger bad guy. Shao Kahn. Shao Kahn came and he was like, hey, we're going to defy the rules uh, and invade anyway. And they were like, well, we got to stop him. We got to go get these people to stop him. And then they went and got the people and then they stopped him. And Liu Kang turned into a lizard. I remember the plot <laughs> of that movie. That movie was great. <laughs> um, uh, so after that, Cole f- figures out he's not getting his Akana. And he just kind of decides to give up because um, he's the worst main character in history. Well, to be fair, Raiden's like, yeah, you suck, dude. You know, no, no, it's Raiden's fault. Raiden's the worst teacher ever, like, in history. Raiden's just such a bad leader. Yeah, Raiden's like, yeah, you're not getting your kind of just go home, man. Go, go, go hang out with your family. Uh, and around that time, one of Kano's old gun-running buddies, who is now working for, uh, not Shao Kahn, threw me off. Uh, uh, Shang Shang Sun. Uh, he's now working for Shang Sun and he, he's like, I know this Kano guy. Like we'll, we'll, we'll talk to him and we'll, we'll get him on our side. Uh, who is it? Cabal? Cabal. And, uh, Cabal, Cabal and Kano are such fun characters. Uh, so the guy who did the voice for Cabal is the same dude who played Charles Manson in Mindhunter and Once Upon a Time. And it's, it, he, I don't know what it is about the voice in this, but he always sounds so tired of everything. <laughs> yeah, no, he and he I'm was like, another kind of standout character. I can't remember his name, um, but he was a pretty fun character. I don't even think they mentioned his name. Probably but, um, not. Yeah, so so Kano, he goes to talk to Kano, and he's like, hey, make some money. Yeah, he's like, just ditch these guys, which is perfectly in line with, with Kano's character throughout the whole movie. Like, Kano's never been shown to be a good guy. He's always no, no. just been like, Hey, you, you're going to pay me for this? Yeah, sure, I'll do it. One of the things I do like is is that he is on the side of the good guys uh, and well, at, at first because he is just like a normal human, which never made sense to me in um, in the other movie where it's like, no, is is he like a normal person or is he from another realm? Like, I don't, I don't, there's a disconnect. Um, whereas in this movie, it made sense. He's on the side of the good guys. He's like, oh, yeah, I'll betray him. And then he does. Um, and And then... Once the shield is down, uh, Shang Sun sends different fighters to take out the 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 Earth Realm fighters, and it oh, leads yeah. to hey, one of my. It, it, it leads to an absolutely incredible action sequence uh, between tons of different people, where there are tons of different characters from the games, and they're all just kind of like useless soldiers in here. Like I know they have important stories elsewhere, but in this movie, they're all just useless bodies for our main characters to fight. 
which is great. Like I know Prince Goro's got like a whole huge like history, and in this movie he's just a body to fight, um, <laughs> which is which and, is fine. Yeah, well, he also didn't look like a man in a really bad costume that uh, couldn't move or turn oh. his head. Or- speak dude he looked great uh, in this movie <laughs> genuinely fantastic uh he he goes to fight cole uh and there's that great reveal shot too where he like bursts out of the barn and you see the two hands and then you see the two more and you're like oh yeah this is this is the stuff i can't see and it's the first time we see him because he's he's mentioned before but we don't we don't actually see him it's like a shadow yeah they, they save it for a reveal for a useless character um, and then he busts out of the barn and him and Cole fight while him and Cole are fighting. There's another fight going on at Raiden's temple, which is also really fun to watch. And we're kind of bouncing back and forth between the two. Um, feels, yeah, it feels very natural. Um, someone else. what come again? Everyone, everyone's fighting someone like, uh, you know, all, all of the main characters have something to do in this fight. Yeah. And it's great. Uh, yeah. And, uh, uh so Shang Sun mentions his wife Natara, who's from um, I want to say Mortal Kombat Armageddon, uh, but she's like a flying demon witch from Van Helsing, and uh, he she fights Kung Lao, who uh, who gives us our first fatality of the evening, and it is absolutely beautiful. Um, he she flies down at him. He jumps on her throws his hand into the sand, starts up like a sword blade, and then rides her through his hat, sawing her in half, covering him in blood, and getting you to realize, hey, this is what a Mortal Kombat movie should be. And it's great. It's such a good sequence. And they didn't... Want, the, the danger that this movie had is they could have overdone that. Um, with, with the R rating that they had, they could have overdone... They could have had like six different fights on this scale throughout the whole movie, but they saved it for like the climax. And it's only one. There's only one like all out Mortal Kombat fight in the movie. And it's the one that we're talking about right now. And that was great because had you overdone it, it would have been like the Transformers thing where it's like when it's constant, it gets boring. Um, When everything is exploding, explosions aren't exciting anymore. But when you save it, for the climax of your movie, it's great. We have some more one-on-one fights later, but in ter- in terms of like everybody in one place fighting several different people, this is really the end of that, um, and it's one huge glorious action sequence. Um, we're cutting back and forth, like you, like we said, between uh, Raiden's temple in the sand pit, uh, which I don't know why they decided to fight strictly in the sand pit, um, but they, <laughs> they did. Didn't have- <laughs> I guess, yeah, yeah, I guess probably, uh, and uh, Cole's house where Goro has busted out of the barn, um, and this is where Cole does discover his Akana, where he fights Goro, which would be, and this is where I want to talk about what we talked about yesterday, would be like your big climax, your character has gone through his arc moment, had Goro been set up as like a character in your movie, but in this movie he's just like a nobody, um, he's mindless drone for Shang Sun. So it doesn't have that like that feeling of, oh, he's overcome what he was going through. Um, and when we get to the the finale of the movie, we'll really go into it. But that that is a big issue I've heard people talk about and I agree with to an extent is like Cole doesn't really have an arc. Um, he's kind of the same from beginning to end and he's not a great character in the first place. And so having him the same from beginning to end is sort of a detriment when he's the main character of your movie. 
but yeah, he defeats Goro, he gets his Akana, and he decides to go meet everybody back, and now it's the end of the movie already. I, I guess, like I say, we talked about this last night, I would argue that since it's an ensemble cast, you don't need him to have an all-important arc. Yeah, but you, just because it's an on, it's an ensemble cast doesn't mean he's not the main character. Guardians of the Galaxy is an ensemble cast, Peter Quill's the main character. Like, these movies still, even an ensemble cast has a main character because you have to follow somebody. Right, yeah, no, sure, but the, the, in this one, this is, this is his arc, is that... You know, he moves from fighting these fights where he, he always loses to to finding his strength in and beating Goro in another really nice fatality where he stabs him in the eye, which looks really cool. Yeah, it looks um, really cool, and it would have a satisfying payoff, and it would work if, if, to complete his arc if Goro was a character in this movie. But he's 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 barely. A character like had they set him up had they done anything like that to kind of build to him being in it then that's that's great that's fine but they haven't they've been doing that with a different character the whole time i i guess like he would definitely work better if goro was a big character in the movie but, but you I, also I, don't have time to make him a bigger character in the movie right, yeah, you don't have time to make him a bigger character which is again why this movie would benefit from a longer runtime uh but that also it's tough because I would say that there's the completion of his arc, and then from that point on, it's more the completion of everyone else's arc. So like, like he beats him and he goes back. Uh, Kung Lao gets his soul sucked from Shang Tsung, which is <laughs> there's a great Cabal has a great line where he's like he's fighting Liu Kang, who's uh, Kung Lao's brother uh, cousin, and it's uh, he goes like, I love it when they get their soul sucked, and I'm just it the, the delivery of the line cracked me up you said it with you said it with a little too much enthusiasm because he also want he still kind of sounds like he doesn't care (laughs) like like it's the most he cares throughout the whole movie but he still sounds like he doesn't care it's great it's it's a brilliant line i love it so much uh but yeah so kung lao dies and it all goes to the void uh which is just a realm between realms and i'm just you know couldn't you train there the whole time yeah, like, wouldn't that just be easier? Or just Raiden's temple. I mean, Raiden can do whatever, right? Like, why not just make that a place where they can't access? <laughs> like, I don't I don't get it. Uh, but that yeah, would require Raiden to care about people. Um, and that's and clearly not the case. Cole, Cole very quickly goes, okay, you fight you, you fight them, you fight them, and then we will fight Sub-Zero. Right. Which, sure, uh, fine, cool. Oh, and uh, well, that this is what I'm talking about. Where this is kind of the the rollout of everyone else's arc. Where had had uh, this movie had a longer runtime, like you've been saying, had there been like 30 extra minutes to sort of flesh out, plan out each of the individual fights, and 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 take a little more time into each of those, it would have done a little better job at completing everyone's arc. But it's just sort of like, oh, you fight them, you win, whatever. Like take them by surprise so that they don't know you're coming. Yeah, well, like- Jack Jack's fights uh, Reiko, who's another minor character from the games. He resembles Shao Kahn a little bit in this. He has a, a bald head and a hammer, which is about it. Um, but he fights him and he, he crushes his head and he's like, yeah, these arms work. Uh, which is the the place that he fights him is the pit, a famous ca- a famous stage from Mortal Kombat, which is nice. Bit upset that no one got thrown down the pit, but I'll, I'll, I can take it. It's fine. Uh, it is called the pit, but whatever. Yeah, um, um, and then uh, Sonya kills Kano, 
and gets his mark. That's the completion of her arc to yeah, the point of and that, actually get her arc on. <laughs> that, that's the one that it's like, yeah, this one feels the most like how a movie should tell a story. It's like, yeah, she's been wanting to get a mark the whole time because she really cares about this whole Mortal Kombat thing. She gets her arc by defeating a guy we all hated and killing him. We, we A guy we love to hate and, and killing him. That that one is the one to me that feels like, yeah, that's how a movie typically tells a character story. Um, the rest of them are just kind of like circumstances. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, I got arms. They work. Like, oh, okay... Um, yeah, sure. Um, but hers feels like, I don't know. It's just, hers feels the most like the compelling. Hers feels the most like a movie and a character and a story. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think you would. Right. It, it operates, uh, in the way that we would say a film operates, whereas the rest of them don't. Um, especially Coles, given he's the the main character of the movie. Uh, like I said, we're about to get to that. And so Cole says earlier that we're all going to fight Sub-Zero, um, but Sub-Zero has captured Cole's family, and they're frozen in the boxing ring where he was boxing earlier in the movie, uh, and it never comes back up after it's thawed, like nobody, nobody else was at this public boxing ring. Um... <laughs> but Sub-Zero is there, he's got his family captured, and Cole starts to fight Sub-Zero, and he's losing, and then his grandpa, um, Grampy Scorpion, comes straight from the pits of hell to to help him out in this fight, um, and starts fighting Sub-Zero. And it is a beautiful, beautiful fight between Scorpion and Sub-Zero, the two arguably main characters of the Mortal Kombat franchise. Like, the two iconic characters, at least. Yeah, definitely. Um, And they start fighting, and it's a beautiful fight. And this is where my big issue with Cole's character comes. Um, Because I think, and this is going to be, like, the the most unpopular opinion I have ever had on this podcast, and there are a lot of them. I think Sub-Zero's death should have been given to Cole. No. Not because... I believe me, had they set it up for Scorpion to defeat Sub-Zero, I would be all on board with it. But Sub-Zero is the main villain of this movie. Scorpion is not a character in this movie. And he's the one who gets to defeat our main villain. That that just doesn't work narratively. There's no from an outsider perspective, there's no like payoff to that. Um like we've never we've barely we barely know this guy we don't know anything about him like other than his family's dead and so for that reason from an outsider perspective like say you've never you've never even heard of Mortal Kombat and you watch this movie it's not gonna it's not gonna give you any sort of satisfying payoff to see him defeat Sub-Zero at the end of this movie and while your main character sits on the bench and watches um that being said, the issue there comes with the fact that Sub-Zero is the main villain of this movie, not that Scorpion defeats Sub-Zero. Sub-Zero should not have been the main villain of this movie. So the when you have Cole, who is the main character of your movie, and you, you sideline him just to give somebody else the fight against the main villain, it 
it, it throws a wrench into the whole dynamic of your protagonist and antagonist story. I, I know you have to have Scorpion fight and defeat Sub-Zero. That's Mortal Kombat. That's the thing. Like, like every franchise has something you have to do, you know? Um, like, like Spider-Man has to defeat Green Goblin. That's the way it works. You can't have Mr. Fantastic come in and defeat Green Goblin. I get that. But you also have to set it up in a way where that narratively feels... Right. Like you can't have Green Goblin as the main villain of a Fantastic Four movie. And then at the end of the Fantastic Four movie, Spider-Man just comes in to defeat him. Like this, I would say that this does work out though. It doesn't. The very first thing that we see is the rivalry between Sub-Zero and Scorpion. Like that's literally how we're introduced to the world. So I'm fine to end on that rivalry. It's not because... From, once again, not from a, a, a person who is a fan of this stuff. That seems like you're setting up Cole's arc. In fact, that perfectly sets up Cole's arc as his descendant. That's a, that's a movie. That's a movie. Take Mortal Kombat out of it completely. In any other movie, you have like this thing where a guy comes in, kills a guy's family. There's one survivor. That person's descendant is now placed in a fight against the person who killed his family thousands of years or hundreds of years ago. That's an arc. That's a movie. That's the way a movie works. But then they bring that the, the guy who was dead back from the dead to fight him. Like that, once again, from a Mortal Kombat perspective, I get it. From a movie perspective, that doesn't work. That's not... Like, like they... Even even from the way this movie works, they still set up Cole to do it. They just don't let him do it. I can see where you're. I can see where you're coming from. I because really I'm do. right. No, you're not right. The, uh, I can see where you're coming from. Like, it doesn't make it right though, because the entire the entire through line, not for Cole but for Sub Zero, is his his beef with Scorpion. Like that's. That's again the introduction of the movie. That that's how the movie starts out, and the movie starts out with Scorpion dying and his last words being, "You will remember this face." Right. Once again, setting up his descendants who share his features, <laughs> defeating him. That's what they. I'm not no. saying that's what they meant to set up, but that is what they set up when you watch this movie. When you watch this movie as a movie and not as a Mortal Kombat movie, they set up Cole beating Sub-Zero. That is what is set up. I'm not saying it should have been what is set up because I don't think it should have been, but that is what is set up in this movie. That is the through line of this movie is Cole, the main character, hero of the movie, defeating the main villain at the end of the movie because he killed his ancestors. Well, okay. Would have worked better if Cole fought uh, Shang, Shang Tsung after his beam. Sure, sure, absolutely. No, because they didn't set up Shang Tsung as the main villain of this movie. They set him up for future stuff. Now let's let's do it like this. What if it was Goro who was the main villain of this movie the whole time? He was the one going around trying to take out the fighters. He was the one doing all of this stuff. Sub Zero's not even in the movie at all. He's he's not a character in this movie. Would it have? S- Let's even say, because because that's the plot of this movie, they ignore all Mortal Kombat like like 
all together, and Goro is the one who who kills Scorpion at the beginning of the movie. Does it still make sense for Scorpion to come back at the end and kill Goro, or does it make sense for Cole to do it? If Scorpion pledged to end his life, even through the fires of hell, to end Goro, yes. It but they don't say that in this movie. Yes, they do. They, they show two clips, and it's the same clip used twice of him in a vision that's not setting it up without prior no. knowledge of this stuff that doesn't make sense that doesn't no, set up anything they do. he sets up when he fights with sub-zero and then Raylan sets up again when he talks about what ha- what's happening to scorpion it doesn't it doesn't it's work right. it does not work from a movie perspective this final fight does not work from a storytelling perspective in a movie it, it's not set up it doesn't it doesn't work. You have to set up your... If you have a main villain who you've been building your whole movie, you have to have a character who you know defeat him. That's the way movies work. You can't have just some random dude who we've never seen before come in to save the day. Right. That's describing Cole. <laughs> no. the rent, Cole's the main character of the movie. We've been Cole. learning about him and growing with him the whole the whole time. Cole's the only standing, but he doesn't do anything in the movie, so he's not the main character of the movie. Because that's if he's, that's he if, is the main character of the movie. What are you talking about? He's literally he had, the only main character of the movie. He's other than he Sonya Blade, he's the only one who's given any sort of character arc. And Sonya Blade's character arc is completely circumstantial. He's, he's the audience standing, sure, but he's not the main character. No, he is definitely the main character. He's the one we focus on the whole time. Other than uh, he's the antagonist, he's the main antagonist, but Cole is the main protagonist. You follow his story more than anyone else's. Do you? Because he kind of just shows up, kills people, and then leaves. Yeah, that's more of a story. <laughs> Not really. I mean, Cole's growing, he's protecting his family, He's he, he gives up halfway through, he does all of the things that a main character should, except for defeat the bad guy at the end. Again, that doesn't mean... It, it, the main character, the main antagonist, sets up a, an ongoing, even past death rivalry with someone else. It doesn't make sense to just have some random dude come in and end that rivalry. He's not some random dude. He's the main character of your movie, a descendant of the guy who was part of the rivalry, and he's yeah. already part of the rivalry because he's part of his family. That doesn't give him any more attachment to the rivalry, though. You don't need attachment. He, but, but, he's he is. He is the person who this movie frames as the main character. Is it done perfectly? No. Is it done well? Not really. But he is the person who this movie sets up as the main... The same way that Liu Kang was set up as the main character of 95, but isn't treated as the main character, Cole is more treated as the main character of this movie. Uh, you, you are a fool. Why? <laughs> then, anybody... Nobody's going to sit here other than you and disagree with me that Cole is the main character of this movie. They may disagree that he should have had the final kill of the movie. And I I also disagree with me like half on that. From a Mortal Kombat perspective, I disagree that that should have happened. But from a movie storytelling, storytelling perspective, that's the way that this story was headed. But there's... Cole was... Like unequivocally, the main character of this movie. He's he. Not only is he the audience stand, and he's the one we spend the most time with. He's the one who is the emotional driving force of the movie. Like he, he's easily the main character. Paul W. S. Anderson would tell me that he's the main character of this movie. 
Paul W. S. Anderson would say that he's made good movies. And he'd also <laughs> well, that's an excellent point. But but for me, it's like, oh, it's easy. When you look at everybody in this movie and say who's the main character, it's easily called. He tries to be the main character. It doesn't make him a good one or one that I would care about. We never said that. We're, we said that he is the main character. And from I care a more about Scorpion, and in that respect, Scorpion makes more sense to end Sub Zero. You only care about Scorpion because of other stuff, though. You don't care about care Scorpion about, because of I this movie. Because yeah, because of the movie. Even from a movie's perspective, you care about him more. He had his family in it. He has that. He has an infinitely more interesting character, especially when compared to his rivalry with Sub Zero. Sub Zero, who is actively trying to kill his descendants' family, yes, like in the moment, in the moment, which gives, point. which, which, by the way, gives Cole more reason to defeat him than Scorpion. Scorpion's family's already dead; it's in the past; it's done. Cole's family is point, is is waiting in the lines at the moment to be by killed. This point, by this point, Scorpion has saved his family. Mm-mm. No, uh-huh. no, point, they're still frozen until after the fight is over. The the no, ice on Scorpion threw down that fireball, which woke them up and got them out of the ice. That happens after the fight. That doesn't happen after the fight. Sub Zero's not dead by that point. Sub Zero throws Scorpion. He does that to get out, and then they fight him more. Josh. I understand Scorpion has to fight Sub-Zero because it's Mortal Kombat. I'm not not arguing against that. That has to happen. Don't set up Sub-Zero as the main villain of your movie if you can't have your main character defeat him. That's the issue this movie has. That is the issue that this movie has. They set up a main character to defeat a main villain, and then they let somebody else come in and do it. That doesn't work. It, it it doesn't work. No, it does work because the main character is completely uninteresting and by this point has had his arc. So is the character who comes in to defeat him. Oh, yes. <laughs> he was interesting in the first 15 minutes of the movie. That was an hour and 15 minutes ago. I've lost interest. Yes, but I've lost more interest in Cole than I have in Scorpion. Once again, the issue comes with Sub-Zero being the main villain of this movie. Sub-Zero should not have been the main villain of this movie, but they set him up as that. If it was anybody else, not only would it have made the movie better from a storytelling perspective, it would have gave the end fight a bigger payoff, it would have made us feel more complete in our story, and on top of that, it would have made Cole a more interesting character inherently because he goes through an arc to get to where he's going. Once again, make the main villain of your the, the the main henchman who's going around killing all these people, Goro, and have Cole defeat Goro at the end, and then do a little like tease at Scorpion Sub Zero at the end of the movie. Not only have you set up a sequel, but you've made this movie like four times better in the process. It doesn't work because again, Cole is just brutally uninteresting as a character he's not that uninteresting he absolutely is he's not he's not a stellar character or whatever but the thing that makes him uninteresting is he doesn't get to do the thing that he should do he's unsatisfying because he doesn't get to he gets gets that when he kills goro yeah but killing goro means nothing killing goro literally means nothing because we don't know anything about goro you don't need to know anything about goro Yes, you do. If you're going to feel satisfied in your main character's arc in killing a guy, you need to know a thing or two about the guy who he kills. Not when, you're, not when your idea is that you're giving the main character an arc when all you know about the main character is that he can't 
win fights for himself anymore. It would be like making a Superman movie where you have Lex Luthor in the movie and instead of letting Superman fight Lex Luthor, Lex Luthor isn't a character at all and some random villain shows up halfway through who Superman has to fight and that's now how we know that Superman is a hero. We've never seen this guy before. We've never heard of this guy before. We just know... Maybe he's strong. He looks strong, and that's literally all we know about this character. You can't, you like, can't do that. That that doesn't give any sort of emotional response to tie into the fight, and it doesn't give any sort of arc to the character because we don't know anything about the character who he defeated in the first place. It'd be like having a Star Wars movie where all you set up is that Luke Skywalker has some kind of main beef with the bad guy, and then at the end of the movie, him and the bad guy fight while the actual main character gets away. Yeah, see, so you say that, but they don't set up beef in that movie, so you... Yeah, they do! No, they, they don't. absolutely do! They don't set up... No, hold on. We're, we're about to go on a Last Jedi tangent. They don't set up Luke having beef with Kylo Ren. They set up Kylo Ren having beef with Luke. Luke is sad about what he did to Ben. Ben is angry about what he did... Uh, of what Luke did to him. Luke is not angry. Luke is upset and disappointed with himself. It's not the same arc at all. Absolutely. Back to it the point. It absolutely is. No, it isn't. The point. The point, the point is, Don. It's a popcorn flick. <laughs> this movie. This is even like a standard movie. popcorn flick understands how to tell a a, a hero no, story, this, Josh. This is, That's this the problem. Why, this is why I like this movie so much. And maybe, maybe, maybe it's because of the DCU. Maybe it's because of Zack Snyder. Maybe it's because of the general state of filmmaking nowadays. But I don't care because this movie knew exactly what it was. This movie knew it was. You were turning up to watch people fight. You were turning up to watch. But this movie is below fight. average for that kind of nice movie. And then at the end of it, you were turning up to watch Sub-Zero fight Scorpion and you can go home and you're like, hey, that was that was a lot of fun. The music was nice. The music didn't have some weird techno dance in the middle of it. It had some dubstep ending over the credits. And hey, all of the fights looked kind of cool. And when, when Kung Lao sawed that person in half, I was cheering. And when That's Luke not Kang the point of the movie that you should be focused on. The point of the movie you should be focused on is the big epic final fight scene where your main character defeats your main bad guy. That's Popcorn Flick 101 and they fail. They don't fail. They make the cool character fight the cool bad guy. But he's not a cool character in light of this movie. He is not absolutely. a cool character because of the way he's presented in this movie. He's a cool character he because of your background knowledge of who he is. The background knowledge of who he is is the exact same as the background knowledge presented in this movie. No, it's not. You've told me tons of stuff where it's like, oh, he did this and this and this and this. If you want to do that, make him the main character of this movie. Focus the entire movie on him training in hell or whatever. Like, it doesn't... He's, you see the cool stuff that he does in this movie. No, you don't. You see one scene and he, he he's psychedelically wrapping a wrap around a gardening tool. That's not cool. Yeah, but watching him impale like six people afterwards on that gardening tool is. But that's ten, that's the opening ten minutes of the movie, Josh. It doesn't matter. You can't. It, that is. Once again, you're coming to this with a background knowledge of that character and these movies. I'm coming to it without a background knowledge of that character and these these stories. From my perspective, not understanding any of that, it didn't work. It didn't work on its own. The background knowledge of these characters in reference to this movie is the exact same thing. That 
Scorpion and Sub-Zero don't do any more in the games than they do in this movie, essentially. That's not a good thing. They don't do anything in this movie. The only person who does anything in this movie is Sub-Zero. Scorpion yeah, doesn't do anything. He kills some dudes with a gardening tool and then and then shows up at the end. That's not... He, like, he's cool because his, his action is neat, but his story isn't special. This movie doesn't pretend to be anything more than dumb action. It, once again, this movie is below average for this type of movie. I'm not saying this movie should be more than it is. This movie is below average for a dumb popcorn flick. It's above average. If you oh, want to whatever. Average, if, if you want below average for whatever this type of movie is, you're going to go watch Mortal Kombat 95, or you're going to go watch Doom, or you're going to go watch any of those, because I can tell you they don't know what they are. They know... This movie knows that it's trying to get you to watch some cool fights and then go home and be like, hey, I watched some cool fights. That was nice. Every other movie tries to pretend to be something more than it is. It tries to be some epic story that spans 50 generations or it tries to be try, tries to be some period art piece of movie making. And this movie does not pretend for a second that it is anything more than watching you punch a man's heart through his body and i respect that beyond belief we gotta go josh you're an idiot um this movie this, this, this conversation is going to be continuing into next week's podcast <laughs> this final thoughts on this movie it's fine there are very minor tweaks that this movie could have made to the story that would have vastly improved this movie that being said, I like a lot of the things that they've set up, and I'm excited to see the sequel to this movie because I think they can, now that they've gotten all of the things that they have to do out of the way, because that is what this movie felt like. It's like, we've got to do this. Now that they've gotten that out of the way, we can explore more, like, uh, story, um, character, uh, like things like that in the next movie. Um, could, the action was great. Uh, I would, I would absolutely recommend this movie, uh, especially if you're a Mortal Kombat fan. As far as, um, I, I as as far as it all goes, there are, like I said, a lot of just little minor tweaks you could have made that would have made this movie much better than it actually is. Um, not that it's bad. Well, it's not good. But it's not bad, um, and there's a lot going for it that, that, that kept me engaged. None of that stuff was the stuff that should keep you engaged in a movie, but a lot of stuff did keep me engaged nonetheless. And that, I guess, is kind of kind of my final thoughts. I would definitely recommend it, um, but there are, some, there are some major issues from a like very standard storytelling perspective that this movie just left out and i guess that's that that's where i'm gonna leave it i like this movie this movie was a fun popcorn flick it knew you wanted to see some nice fights and it delivered on every one of those fights you're gonna love it if you're a Mortal Kombat fan you also might hate it because it's not an exact one-to-one -one copy of the games and it has some original ideas that that is one thing let me mention that really quickly this movie is also made for like no one um, because it's not close enough to it's, and I, I, I usually like movies that are like that where it's like, yeah, this is not like, well, no, no, no. I like the half of it where it's like, yeah, we ignored a lot of the source material because it doesn't work when you're making a movie. Um, 
and then it's made for like normal people, not like fans of the franchise. I typically prefer movies like that. This movie falls in a really weird category where it's not made for those people, um, but it's also not made for casual fans. It's like right smack dab in the middle. So it's kind of made for nobody but you, Josh. Um, because it, it doesn't have enough original stuff or or like solid storytelling that is different from the games to put it in one category, but it doesn't have enough that is like from the games to, to put it in the other category. So it, it does, it falls into this weird, like no man's land. Um, and that is, that is one big criticism. And I just wanted to mention that real quick before we get out of here. I, I, I like this movie. I think it's worth the watch. It's worth the watch for, for at least deciding whether or not you like this movie. It's, it's a movie that I went into, didn't have high hopes and it delivered just enough to make me entertained for an hour and a half before I realized that Mortal Kombat 1995 exists and people are going to try and argue why that's better. Oh, it, w- w- no way. This movie is not even close to... I saw someone try, I saw someone try and say that 1995 Kano was better and all I could think was <laughs> I don't remember a single thing Kano did in that movie. I remember he's the only one who makes sense, but that's all I remember from him in that movie. I, just remember, I remember him turning up at the start to lure Sonya Blade in yeah. and then he disappears and dies. Yeah, well, he has the one line where it's like, yay, uh, mate, Sub-Zero's fighting a normal dude and it's really unfair and weird. And it's like, oh yeah, that's the only thing in this movie that makes any sense at all. Um, (laughs) But but yeah, both Annihilation and 95, this movie is a million times better than. (laughs) Yes, this movie is at least somewhat good. Like I said, this is the first enjoyable movie we've talked about since Kong 2005, which is what we started talking about before we talked about... (laughs) Mortal Kombat movies. So I guess it hasn't been that long. But it is the best Mortal Kombat movie ever made. <laughs> that is at least technically true. I can confidently say this is the best live action cinematic Mortal Kombat movie that has ever been released. And next week we'll be watching the best live action superhero movie that has ever been thought of. Yes, I'm very excited. I hinted at it during this episode, but we are going to be watching and talking about uh, Fan Four Stick next week, which may lead into uh, a reverse order series on the Fantastic Four series. We'll just have to see. But uh, thank you guys for taking a chunk out of your day. This is the longest episode of the podcast in history. Um, and, that's, it will be the last. <laughs> and it will be the last, as it is every week. Uh, <laughs> thank you for taking a chunk out of your day to listen, whether you're listening on Spotify, iTunes, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want to and you feel like it, leave this thing a rating, maybe a review. Uh, it helps boost out the engagement so that people can watch it. If you're watching on YouTube or elsewhere, I don't know where else you'd be watching, but maybe give it a thumbs up, drop a comment, subscribe to the channel, whatever you want to do. Thanks once again for listening to this episode of Semi Pro.